Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast. We're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This one is entitled Yellow Brick Road from June 28, 2020. We invite you to visit us over on 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, just outside of Clay Como. Worship time starts at 11 a.m. And of course, you can come to Sunday school about 9.30 a.m. every Sunday. And now here's Pastor Philip Kuntz with Yellow Brick Road. I got a very special blessing today. I enjoyed this morning's sermon a lot. Uh, say sermon, I meant to say service a lot. Uh, but one of the great blessings was, and I've mentioned it before, I got to this morning, I felt led while speaking about being a school, I felt led in my heart to mention one of my teachers, Steve Gorman. Love him very much. God used him in my life when I needed him the most. I love him with all my heart, my dear brother in Christ. Well, last week, or the week before, I don't remember which, um, we started posting the service both on the Moment of Truth site and online. Uh, I don't care what people think. Uh, I want them to know. Well, it turns out that Steve Gorman, my old teacher, got to see it this morning. Had no idea. He was going to get to watch it. He texted me about it today. And I told him, I got to open up my heart to him, tell him just how much he means to me. And uh, he spoke to me about a few things. And so I, I just, that meant a lot to me. Uh, he told me a lot of things, how much he loves me and appreciates me. And I sure appreciate him in case he's seeing this again. He's a, goes to show you there's a, <clears throat> you never know just how much you touch people. And he certainly touched me. And like I said, I had no idea. I told him I talked about it before. I have. I mentioned him several times before behind this pulpit. You know, folks. When you live for the Lord God, you just never know how you're going to touch people's lives. He's not the only teacher that stood up for God in my life, but he's one of the ones that did a lot for me. And there's a lot of people that you just never know. God may use you to do that for someone. I thought you might want to know about that blessing that I received. You know, I had no idea. How would I know? How would I know? I didn't know. I had no idea. that, that God knew. The Holy Spirit told me to mention him because I wanted those. I wanted I wanted to mention that there are good people who stand up for Christ. Stand up for Christ. And in doing so, sometimes they pay consequences for it too. And praise the Lord God, they're still bold enough to do what needs to be done. They have the courage to do what needs to be done. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. <clears throat> Let's now turn once again to the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Chapter 22, verse 37. And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. God bless and honor the reading of his word. Now I said this morning, I'll say it again, I love the Wizard of Oz. I think it's a great, great story. That's why I'm wearing this other tie now. The Wizard of Oz, you can see it's got all the show, all the characters from the show. I love it. Love them. I love those characters. L. Frank Baum 
was the man who created the Wizard of Oz, in case you weren't aware, and you probably already knew that. But he wrote 14 books of the Wizard of Oz. Actually, technically, he wrote 13. It was years later that one of his family members wrote the final one to go with it. And uh, But he wrote, there's 14 Wizard of Oz books. The first one was called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. He had no idea it was going to be so popular. But The Wizard of Oz, very popular. Now, when I was a kid, I had... Uh, because I didn't know, as a little bitty, I had no idea that there's anything beyond that movie, except for a couple of, as I said this morning, badly animated, and they were uh, badly animated for the most part. But they had a couple of uh, a couple of cartoons and a couple of books and things, and so I knew that some others had made things. Disney actually had some rights to it later on, and tried wanted to do more with Disney. I don't know if you know about it. I mean, wanted to do more with Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you know about this. Disney himself wanted to make movies. They did a, a you know, the Mouseketeers, the Mickey Mouse Club. They actually did a special on it because he planned on making some uh, movies that went along with some of the books. It didn't quite happen, but he wanted to. Later on, years later, they had returned to Oz, which is a Disney movie. We didn't do that well, and it wasn't very good. But all that being said, he wasn't around for it. Of course, this was in the 80s. There's other movies that came out about it, but they never did as well. They never did near as well as that first film, that film from 1939 that is so, so well-loved. But, you know, The Wizard of Oz is one of those stories that people look at and they can find meaning in it. They can find meaning all over the place when they read the story or when they hear the story. Did you know that Dorothy's shoes are not red? Not in the books. They're actually silver. And they're silver. They are. But they knew that whenever they would put it on the film, they wanted something that would pop, something that would stand out. you got to remember, color movies are brand new. Brand new that move, that year, the two big ones, both by MGM, incidentally, the two big movies were Gone with the Wind. Wizard of Oz was one of the big ones. It, it, it wasn't a hit right away, incidentally. It wasn't. The Gone with the Wind was. Wizard of Oz was not. However, it became that. It became that. Uh, Wizard of Oz has so many meanings for so many different people. But I'm going to mention just a few right here. We're going to talk about some symbolism because I'm not going to be preaching a sermon that's about Wizard of Oz. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to use the symbolism that people can see in it. But we're mostly going to talk about spiritual symbolism that we're going to find. And we're going to talk about our spiritual lives. That's what we're going to do. We're not just going to be talking about the fandom of the Wizard of Oz. I don't want you to think that's what we're going to do. But first of all, we're going to talk about the Yellow Brick Road. Because that is the title of tonight's sermon, The Yellow Brick Road. Usually, when people talk about the Yellow Brick Road, they talk about following their dreams. That's usually what they're talking about. We're going to follow our dreams. We live in a society where everybody wants to follow their dreams so that their dreams can come true. That's usually what they want to do. They want their dreams to come true where all their riches can come to be true. Their riches can come true. They can find all the rewards, and at the end, they're going to get everything they wanted. That's usually what people are talking about when they want to follow the yellow brick road, get all the gold. That's usually what they talk about when they want to follow the yellow brick road, get to all the riches, all the gold, right? That's usually what people talk about. Well, that sounds like a wonderful thing. Sounds like a wonderful thing. Find all the treasures you want. Find all the riches you want. If we're going to get biblical about that, that's not exactly what the Lord tells us is going to happen. Not really. We'll get into that here in a moment, though. But we're going to look at the symbolism. Obviously, if you're going to get into biblical symbolism, 
you can see the witch would obviously, as many times they say, witch would represent the devil. We that's that goes without saying. That's obvious. So we won't get into all that. The rainbow, the rainbow in which we know that Dorothy and them had to go over to Oz. Nowadays, nowadays we know what the rainbow represents. That's not what the rainbow represents in the Bible. The rainbow, the real, the real. I'll say it one more time because I like saying it like that. The real original symbolism of the rainbow not the fake lies of the devil not the fake lies and narratives of cnn yes i said cnn and other news stations but the real original promise of god that's what the rainbow was a promise of god a rainbow is a promise of god that he would never flood the thinking right now no i've been in my, my 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 basement it's flooded down there no that's not the entire world that might be your entire world that's not the entire whole world i promise you but uh no god will never destroy the entire world again in fact whenever he saved noah and his family that's when he was getting everything prepared and ready to save the world he had a whole plan whole plan prepared and that was his promise right there, that rainbow. So we can see the symbolism in the rainbow. And another thing that we can see, we talked about the yellow brick road. We talked about that. But in reality, maybe I should have called the sermon something different than the yellow brick road. Because there's another brick road in the film and also in the books. Another brick road that is in the books is the red brick road. I don't know if you've ever paid attention in the movie, there is a red brick road. With the yellow brick road, they line together. And they don't ever really say what goes with the red brick road. But in one of the books, and I've studied up on this, on one of the books, they assume that maybe that's where the little Munchkin guards go. That's what they assume. But no one knows for sure. But I do know this, because remember, we're not actually talking about the books. We're not actually talking about the movie, A Wizard of Oz. Pastor, you're wearing a tie. Don't worry about all that. That's just me being goofy. I collect all sorts of ties, folks. If you only knew, you'd probably be ashamed of me, and that's okay. I'm not worried about how you feel about that. I'm really not. I'm really not worried about that. I will tell you this, though. I will tell you this. In the symbolism of it, the red brick road, the red brick road, I meant to say, spiritually speaking, is talking about the true treasure. The true treasure. Because the treasures here on earth of gold, the treasures here on earth of gold, of money, and the things you can get here on earth, they're just going to fade away. That's the yellow brick road that the world wants to take. That's the yellow brick road that they're after. The riches, the gold, the money, the things, the material things, all that's going to go away. Oh, yes, that's all going to go away. One day, the moths and all the things are going to eat up my ties. They're going to eat up the gold. They're going to eat up all that. But the red brick road in the spiritual symbolism of things is the blood of Jesus. The red brick road, let me say it again. The red brick road is going to lead us to heaven. The red brick road is the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the road in which we should take. That is the road which we should take that leads us to the promised land of the Lord God. That's where we should be going. Spiritual treasures, spiritual treasures that God has to give to us, spiritual treasures that will never fade away, ever. Does the Bible say that? 
Sure does. Now we're going to talk about the red brick road a few times tonight. Now let's let's go to one of those scriptures right now in Matthew 6, verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in nor steal. No, nobody can take away the treasures that God has for you. Can't do it. Can't do it. Take it from someone who's had somebody steal treasures from him in real life. I have people trying to take treasures from me right now, and they're going to win in some things. But guess what? You can't take away my true treasures. I'll say it again. You can't take away my true treasures because my true treasures are things that God has for me. Nobody can take away my true treasures. Oh, oh but what about all your ties? Listen, folks, ties are nothing. It's cloth. Cloth that's in the shape of something. You guys have no idea what what makes me happy. I'm a goofy guy. I get happy. Of, you could bring me a, a gum wrapper that has a picture of Mickey Mouse on it. I'd be going, oh, look how it, it, it doesn't matter. It's going to go in the trash someday. Just not when I'm around. That's all. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Not a big deal. Not that big of a deal. Here's the thing. God gives us happiness. You know, in the film of The Wizard of Oz and in the books, I told you today my favorite guy is the scarecrow. This morning, I spoke about how we have to have a brand new mind, a new brain that only you can get from God. Well, in the film, we see that the scarecrow needs a brain. Well, we need a brain. We need a new brain from the Lord God. So we'll go to him first. We'll go and get a brain from the Lord God. On our way with a red brick road, God gives a brain, a brand new brain. So I'm going to give you a couple scriptures from this. A uh, brand new brain, a new mind, a mind of God, a mind of Christ. That's where we start. Having a brand new mind is the most important thing. Because if you don't have the right mindset on the road to heaven, the red brick road, if you don't have the right mindset, everything is going to go awry. You're going to get lost off the street. You're going to go off the side. Your alignment's going to be off. Colossians 3.2. Write that down. Colossians 3.2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that, uh, not on things that are on earth. Because why? The moths, rust, things that are fade away. Those things will leave. By the way, nothing wrong with having things while you're on this earth, enjoying yourself. You know, people get that mixed up too. Oh, the Bible says not to have things on earth. No, God doesn't tell you to live like a bum. God doesn't tell you to live in the corner sucking on a thumb. He doesn't tell you that. You can enjoy yourself. Just don't be wrapped up in it. Don't let those things be your God. That's what he's saying. Those things are going to go away. Don't let those things be what controls you. That's what he's saying. But I've actually known Christians who say, God tells you to get rid of all that. God tells you to sell all your things and then go around looking for, oh, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? No, God doesn't tell you to do that. That's not what he says. You misunderstand. Don't take it out of context. He told Peter to do this. Are you Peter? I don't think so. Are you John? No. Unless your name is John. But you're still not that John. <laughs> you're not him. Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you all, which was also in Christ Jesus. We are to have the mind of Jesus. I know I read some of these this morning. It's okay, I can use them again. Different sermon, just a little bit later that same day. We're to have the mind of Jesus. That's what we're to have, the mind of Jesus. 
That's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to have the mind of Jesus when we're surrounded by people that don't. But that's why we got to pray. That's why we got to go to the Word. Don't be surrounded by all the other minds. Make sure that it's His mind that you hear. It's hard to do. <laughs> this is why I so often have to go click, turn off the television. Not always easy for me to do. I get addicted to things. And so I got to go click. Nope, Philip. Nope. Turn it off. Get away from the world. Get away from him. Take out the word. Stay in it. But you know what's great? Once I get in the word, I have a hard time shutting that. I got a hard time. And I'm glad about that. Because I can feel the power of God. I can feel the Holy Spirit. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, so then we'll move on from there. First John 2.20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. What does that mean? Well, let's say that again. This is 1 John 2.20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, let's not take that out of context. You know all things. If you only took part of that, you know all things. See how smart you are? No, you have an anointing from the Holy One. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. That is also the Lord God himself, Jesus himself, comes upon you, touches you. And because of his mind, God will show you what's what. God will tell you what's going on. It's through his brain. Remember what we said this morning? I didn't have time to read that this morning. Because of his brain, your brain thinks. That's the reason. That's the reason. Okay, back to the red brick road. 2 Corinthians 4.7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the excellency of the power being from God and not from ourselves. Not from ourselves, but from God. He is our treasure. What he gives us, he's our treasure. Okay, so we've already dealt with the brain. We know that was the first thing. That's the first part. The second is the heart. Now, I love in the movie, I love... I've mentioned it earlier. I love the song. I mean, I mean, this morning, I don't know. If I only had a brain. I love that part. If I only had a brain. What I love is that when the uh, scarecrow is singing that song, they go to the Tin Man, he sings that song too. They later on go to the Lion and he sings part of that song. He actually sings the whole song, but they cut that in the film. They only give him part of that song because they give him a whole other song about being king of the forest. Well, either way, they all three have that same tune, and they have different verses about the things they want. So you have the brain. We've already dealt with that. The mind. And then we have the heart. Here's the thing. What's going on in your brain is attached to your heart. Whatever is going on here is what's really going on here. What's going on in your heart is going to affect what's going on in your mind and vice versa. We've got to remember that. This is why if you're thinking of, Bad things here in your mind, what's really going on in your heart? Well, for one, you're not allowing God to control what's going on here. Usually, you're thinking too much about other things. we got to remember those things. Does that mean that God's not in my heart? No. It just means sometimes we're not putting him first here. That's what that means. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Not always. Sometimes the enemy's attacking us here. we got to remember that, too. This doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're a person. You're human. We make mistakes. I like Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Dries the bones. This is what we talk about. That's what happens. It happens all the time. Matthew 15, 19. Oh, I got a lot about the heart. I won't read them all, but I'll read some of them here. 
Matthew 15, 19, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual immorality, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Boy, that don't sound too nice. Why are you reading that? Because we're human. These things all come from the heart, from a naughty heart, from an inappropriate heart. We could all have these things in our hearts. Even in a Christian? Yes, even in a Christian. How? Because remember, we are partially human. Wait, wait, are you saying some Christians aren't human? No, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we all are human, and we all still have the flesh, of course. We have to wrestle with this. But also, when we allow the Holy Spirit to take control over us, we don't have to worry about that near as much. Romans 5.5, 5, And hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We have the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and we need to allow him to lead our hearts. You know, we live in a world where they tell us just to follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Listen, if you only follow your heart, I'm talking about the your heart, you human flesh, your heart, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Because one moment and I'm talking about emotion. One moment, I feel I feel like going out and punching someone because I'm human, and I get in the flesh, just like you. One moment, I see something that irks me. So I might feel like going out and saying, hey, come on. One minute, I might feel like saying words that shouldn't be said. It isn't right at all. And then the next moment, I might feel extremely sorry for even thinking it. I may not have done anything with it, but it might feel very wrong for ever even being tempted because we're human. But you're supposed to follow your heart. That's what makes the world go around. Yeah, and that's what's made the world go around the way it is, down the toilet. To follow your heart. How about we follow God's heart? That's what makes the world right. That's what we're supposed to do. The problem is many people who say that don't have him in their heart in the first place. And they're following their heart. Uh, it just feels right to go with this person, that person, and do what they're telling me to do. <sighs> yeah, well, then what happens? Well, oh, by the way, I, I, I made a mistake. And yeah, you made a mistake. Why? Well, I follow my heart. Well, it can't be wrong. Yeah, it, it can be, and it is. But then why did God put me there? Are you sure it was God who put you there? I had to be because it happened. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I hear people do it all the time, though. Well, God didn't stop me. God didn't stop. Yeah, God may not have brought Moses down to part the red water in front of you. It doesn't mean that God made it happen. God didn't make you go sit at the bar, get drunk, and go home with the guy. doesn't mean it was God who did it. You're the one who went there. God gave you free will. God also didn't make you come here tonight, but many people are here tonight because they made that choice. Praise the Lord. Because that's what was in their heart to do. That's what is in their heart to do. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, oh, this is one of my all-time favorites. I love it. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Oh, I love that. It's with the heart that one comes to know Jesus. It's with the heart. I'm talking about spirits of heart now. Spirits of heart. 
that one comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ is with the heart. 1 Peter 3.15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give an answer to every man who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with gentleness and fear. No, not being afraid, with respect, but gentleness. Gentleness, that's a key word. Be gentle. Don't be in their face. You don't want to do that. But show love. Use your heart. So if the brain is right there attached with your heart, those two are together, it just goes stand to reason that that will help you with all your other actions. Absolutely, of course. Of course. Have you ever noticed that they tell you the most dangerous surgeries, the most important surgeries? This is not the, by the way, by the way, this isn't to say that any other surgery isn't important or isn't dangerous. They are. But the biggins, the biggins are your heart and your brain because those are the engines and the battery of your body. So therefore, those are the two most important things. And then from that, from the brain, the heart is where you come to find your courage. Come to find your courage. Well, we know that the scarecrow needed the brain, so quote unquote, come to find out he had one. And then the tin man needed a heart, quote unquote. And then what is the lion needed? The noive. That's right, courage. He needed courage. So we find this out. He needed courage. We oftentimes need courage. We need courage. As Christian soldiers, we need courage. We live in a world where people are oftentimes telling us that we don't need to stand up for God. You need to be loving and kind, and that's true. You need to be loving and kind. But many times people mean to be loving and kind is to shut up and say nothing, to let people feel good about not living for God, let them feel good about not knowing God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let them feel good about going to hell? Let them feel good about doing everything the Bible says is wrong? Now, I'm not talking about yelling at someone. If you want someone to yell at you, I can make a lot of jokes. I won't. If you want someone to yell at you, it's easy to do. But the point is this. We don't need to be quiet. We need to, we could be loving and kind, but we need to speak up and have courage to show someone, to show someone what the Bible says in love and compassion, but have courage. Have courage to stand up for God. Have courage to show them when they're incorrect. If you saw someone right now walking off of a road that led to destruction, if you saw someone walking right now, a little child, let's say, press way right to death, and you no, I don't want to hurt his little feelings. I don't. I want him to feel good right before he dies and kills himself. I want him to feel good. No. If you didn't have the courage to say, stop, young man, you're going to fall and die. If you didn't have the courage to do that, then you are a coward. You are a coward, and I might say a selfish, hateful coward at that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Christians, you need to have courage. Have courage to make a stand and tell these people that they're on their way to hell. Have courage to tell them the things that they think is right is wrong. Have courage to do it with love, with love, with love, but you can do it. Be courageous. Have bravery. But wait a minute. I don't have that bravery, but God does. 
No, Jesus was just loving and compassionate, and he just sat around and said, you are all correct in what you had to say. No, we're reading a different word of God, I tell you that. We're reading a different Bible. Oh, my Bible says that. Then you better get rid of that Bible, because that's not what Jesus said. Yes, he was loving. He was loving. He was compassionate. And he was definitely loving and compassionate to those who need to hear it. But guess what? Guess what? To the Pharisees and those who disagree with Jesus Christ and believe that they were going to heaven by not being in agreement with salvation, he told them, you're of the devil and you're going to hell. He told them that. No, I don't mean he hated them because he didn't hate them. In fact, for those of you who are ignorant and believe that God and I'm talking about Jesus, hated them. Read it again. Father God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yes, read it again. He loved them. No, he told them what for over and over again. Yes, but he still loved them. He corrected them. But it doesn't mean he told them off and said, <laughs> and was mad at them. No, he loved them. But he had the, cur uh, the, the, the courage. He was courageous and had the courage to tell them what was right and what was wrong. And we need to have courage, too. Yeah, but God wasn't, he, he didn't have to worry about being killed. Oh, he didn't? Are you sure about that? And by the way, he did come to die, to be born again, or to me, excuse me, to die and to rise up again. However, do you really think he wanted to die? If he wanted to die, why did he pray in the garden? God, if there's any other way, I'll do it. But if there's any other way, of course, he didn't want to go through the pain. Nobody wants to go through pain. Nobody wants to. But you do it when you are courageous, knowing that with the courage of God through the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll do it because you know what's right and wrong. You have to have courage. You're not alone. You're not alone when you go through the road. We're going to walk. Because we're walking home. We're walking on our way to heaven on that red brick road. We'll follow Father God with the courage for the word of the Holy Spirit. Well, let's see what it says on the red brick, red brick road. Matthew 19, 21, Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. This is not talking about not having anything. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying, Follow me. Do what I do. Follow me. We see in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This word of God, this Bible, is absolutely perfect word of God. That's what it is. That's what it is. The world wants to say different. Have the courage to read it, to follow it, to keep it with you, always here and here. Now, I don't have every single verse memorized. I wish I did. I do have quite a few. But I don't have it all memorized. But I keep it with me continuously. I'm constantly reading it. And it's getting there more and more. But I'll tell you one thing. I do recognize when people misquote I recognize it because I know what it says. And we need to do the same. Be courageous. Let them know what's right and what's wrong. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this reason we thank, and I say thank, we thank, you know, we thank you, Lord. We thank 
God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it truly is the word of God, which effectively works also in you who believe. It works in you. Let them see that. Be courageous with them. Be brave. Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 8. And I mentioned some of this this morning, and I'm only going to give some of this to you now. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. So be anxious in nothing. This is important to say. Be anxious in nothing. Don't be nervous. Be anxious in nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with gratitude, make your request known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, that covers all. Doesn't it? That covers all the things, your mind, your heart. You don't have to be worried about being anxious. That covers all three things. Listen to this now. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is any praise, think on these things. The Word of God keeps us right. It keeps us right. This is how we find our way home. We're saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, saved by his grace, and we have faith on that. But we're homeward bound. Now, I already mentioned you, to you the scarecrow, the tin man, and the lion. But we didn't mention Dorothy. Dorothy was trying to find her way back home. Folks, you guys are homesick. You're missing home because we're here on this earth, but we're not home, not really. Okay, we're home in the sense that our houses are here. We have family here, but a lot of our family is not here anymore, are they? They're home in heaven. And our true home is in heaven. Not here. Not here. This is material. We're going to be home soon. Very soon. John 14, 1 and 2 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Now listen, listen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus says. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. Jesus is talking to you, believers. He prepared a place for you. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 1-5. We know that if our earthly house, this tent, were to be destroyed, we have an eternal building of God in the heavens. A house not made with hands. In this one we groan, talking about our bodies, earnestly desiring to be sheltered with our house which is from heaven. Thus, being sheltered, we shall not be found unsheltered. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we wish to be unclothed, but to be furthered clothed, so that what is mortal might be swallowed up by life. Now he who has created us for this very thing is God. He also has given uh, to us the guarantee of the Spirit. God has a better place for us, a better home for us. The home is in heaven. We're going to get there, a better home than what we have here. So like Dorothy, in that sense, we can't wait to get home. We're homesick. We're going to get there. You don't have to click your feet together. You don't have to wear ruby slippers. You don't have to go look for that silly dog. Don't worry about it. You know what's really scary? A very scary thought. Go 
going back to the Wizard of Oz for just a second. Everybody's looking for that yellow brick road. You ever stop to think in that film? They went down the yellow brick road looking for treasures, and they did. They were going for treasures, you know, what they really wanted, what they seek. But they got there, and they met the wizard, or so they thought. Really, it was a goofy man. Don't look behind the curtain. Don't look behind the curtain. No, don't pay attention to that. There's a man putting on a show. That's what the people of Earth are doing. They're looking for the treasures on this earth. There are all sorts of people saying, don't look behind the curtain. Don't look behind the curtain. And in reality, it's what Satan is trying to get them to do. Not to look behind the curtain. But someday, that curtain's going to fall. Do you realize that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, the curtain fell? And no more did they have to worry about the curtain. It ripped. And it fell. The curtain fell. Folks, no more curtain. No more curtain. You don't have to worry about the falsities of this world. God and God alone is the one you have to be concerned about. And you don't have to be concerned about him when you have him as your personal Lord and Savior. We're going to be going home. Let your mind be on God. Let your heart have him in you. Let your courage be his courage living bravely in you. You're on your way home. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be worried about. You're on the red brick road. As it says in Matthew 13, 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and with joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You guys have treasure more than this world can even possibly imagine, more than you can even imagine, really. You have treasure beyond your wildest dreams because God has it for you. And the one last thing I'm going to read to you before we pray is 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We read this again. The excellency of the power being from God and not from ourselves. As we follow the red brick road, we are on our way home. Our brains, our minds, are to follow the Lord God. Our hearts, our true heart's desires, are to be set upon the Lord. And all the courage we need will come from Him. And soon and very soon we'll be home with Him. But for now, we'll continue to follow Him, knowing that there's no place like home. They say home is where the heart is. Well, I tell you this. My home is with Christ. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we praise your holy name. Lord, we thank you. We thank you tonight, Lord God. We know that many times we allow our eyes to get off focus. And we start walking down the road, Lord God. Sometimes we do sometimes look at the gold around us, and we start seeing treasures of this earth. And Lord, I'm so sorry that we do this. We don't. We don't mean to. I guess we allow our flesh to get the better of us, Lord God. But right now, I just pray that you help us to focus only on your treasure, Lord, the treasures that you have for us, the spiritual treasures that you have given unto us, Lord God. I pray right now that your will will be done 
that you help us to keep our minds on you, our hearts set on you, and what's going on in this world, that we will look to you in prayer, and you will give us great courage, knowing that we will soon be home with you, and we are always at home with you, no matter where we are, because you are with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And Lord Jesus, we love you. We pray all of this in your holy, precious name. Amen.